Welcome to Knives Out Minute. I'm your host, Brian, and my guest for this week is Rick Ingham. This is minute number 91, uh, which is... Oh, I was so busy focusing. Dang it. My brand continues. So you remember how I was telling you before the show that I always lose track of the minutes because the numbers are different? Right. Um, This is... uh, I, I was so focused on remembering minute 90 that I didn't realize that it would be hours at this point. You know what? This is easy. This is one hour and 30 minutes. So that's okay. We're an hour and a half into the movie up to an hour, 30 minutes and 59 seconds. Yes, we are. It's going to be a fun week, guys. And uh, all right. looks like we came into a very exciting part of the mystery here. Certainly. Can I tell you, there's two things about the the format sheet here that because this is my 10th episode. This is your first one, right? It is my first one. What an exciting. This is my 11th one, which proves that I don't know how to count. Um... (laughs) But you know, it's exciting. I'm happy to have you here. Um, well, I'm happy to be here. Two things that I've noticed, and I don't know if people have mentioned this on the show before, um, which is that apparently we're supposed to always give the final line of dialogue, which I don't think I've done a single time. Okay. <laughs> so, oops. The other thing that I've noticed is that it does say knife out minute in the intro section. Well, that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, that's a little strange. But, you know, here we find ourselves. Uh, so first, let's walk him through this, and then uh, Rick and I, we are going to have a little talk about what we got going on. Uh, which, in this case, it's uh, that we're, we're at the fire. Uh, we're down at the uh, the blood lab, uh, which I assume other people have uh, talked about before, but it is now confirmed that everything is gone. The blood is gone, the paperwork's gone, everything in there is gone. The cameras are all frazzled, presumably whatever was recording in there is done. Which, incidentally, it is mentioned, um, the uh, the camera at the Thromby estate is also, uh, the, the video from there is also all scrambled, thanks to Marta and her little magnet. It's amazing what a tiny refrigerator magnet can do. You know, I'm sure that they covered that on that episode, but that is one part of this movie that I have always been a little, really? Just always so impressed by those tiny little plastic things. I don't, I don't know. The little bitty magnets on the back. I don't know much about the technology M.M. at Walsh and his VHS tapes are working with, but I have a feeling <laughs> that you would need a slightly more powerful magnet than that. As Benoit and Elliot are talking about this, uh, Marta and Ransom pull up in that lovely little Hyundai accent. Uh, and Marta realizes uh, that, you know, Whatever's going on, the blackmailer must have destroyed what was in there. And Ransom helpfully says that means that the only paper copy of the blood work is in the hands of the blackmailer. And she says, well, I don't know what to do now. And he's, he, he says, well, you didn't like uh, get like a call or an email or something? And she realizes she hasn't checked her email, which I believe means the final dialogue line, which I did not make a note of, is I haven't checked my email. <laughs> something very similar. <laughs> And I'd be, I'd be lying if I ever said that I didn't, that I never found myself in that same exact situation where, oh yeah, I have not checked my email in a while, and there's something very important waiting there for me. <laughs> that is, uh, I, 
I, I'm, uh, I was mentioning, you know, before we recorded, and I've mentioned on the show previously, I'm a teacher, and uh, obviously, especially this year, we're expected to be, like, right up on our emails. But um, because of the nature of uh, my job, that I, my classroom is a stage, I don't have a traditional, like, desk set up, all other teachers just have their emails open all the time. And they're so used to just, like, clicking back and checking them. That is, I have not adjusted well to that this year. I check my email once a day. Ah, so I'm looking at our discussion points. Obviously, we don't have any new actors to talk about. And this is an interesting one because we're not in a spoiler day. And boy, this is a hard one to talk about without spoiling, isn't it? I guess. I mean, every line of dialogue coming from Ransom Mm -hmm. is something that if you've seen the entirety of the movie, you know that he's just dripping with insincerity. Right. Um, and it's hard not to bring that up. It's it, it is difficult. Even that, I think, tap dance is too close to. Well, I've said this before. I, I, anybody who's watching the movie for the first time uh, and listening to this podcast as they do is a complete weirdo freak. Um, but the rules are the rules, and we must stick to them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's it's obviously even the first time watching through the movie. You know that Ransom's not... Like, you, you know he's not somebody that is letting on everything that he knows. Um, but, oh man, it is... I'm, I'm actually going to make... I'm going to make a little star here next to two things to discuss on Friday. Um, but mainly, it's this sort of, like, I'm being weirdly helpful to Marta thing. Because, I don't know if it's just me. I, I just don't trust rich people. <laughs> I think that's very fair to assess people that way, because... Once you reach a certain level of wealth, your brain is skewed. Mm -hmm. You think of all those examples where they ask Bill Gates how much a loaf of bread costs, and he has no idea. It's if you don't have enough of a grasp on your surroundings where you know how much a loaf of bread costs, that's a warning sign right there. It's a bit of a red flag. By the time this episode uh, posts in about a month or so, um, this will be well out of the news cycle, replaced by 10,000 stupider things that New York City mayoral candidates have said. But uh, <laughs> j- just last week, there was somebody asked how much they think a house costs in Brooklyn, and they guessed, uh, like, two separate ones guessed 90000 Oh, I wish. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wish houses were that cheap. Oh my God. In Brooklyn, no less. But that's how it goes. That's why, like, none of these thrombies you can trust. And we talked about this very specifically uh, in in my last round of episodes, because that was very much the, oh, we're so nice and loving and we super trust and love Marta. They were going really hard on that, which, you know, we have now seen. (laughs) No. So there is that. Let me me ask you this. Um, We were uh, talking about... um, uh, what we what we usually do on our Mondays, which is, did you actually see this movie in the theater? I did. I went and I saw this film in the theater with my wife and co-host Julia. We were intrigued by the cast because mm-hmm. this movie is stacked, stacked with on big stacks. names. You are a hundred percent, and we loved it. Absolutely loved this film. I don't usually go back and watch films more than once Mm -hmm. unless I'm really invested in them. Like I went back and I watched this movie at least another one, maybe two times just because it is so dang good. Um, And not only this film, but it actually opened my eyes to like other mystery slash detective films from old, 
older. I think we we watched an old Hercule Poirot movie. Ooh, um, definitely. Because we watched this one. Definitely keep that one in the tank because we're going to be talking a little bit more about mystery films tomorrow. But I'm, right. I'm intrigued as to which one you've seen because there's a, there's a few good options. There's a few not so good options. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad you gave me a little bit of advance warning. Now I have some time to try and remember. <laughs> there we ah! go. But yeah, no, I, I, I think that this moment when I saw it in theaters, it was a great like... It, it it's tricky to say because this is obviously this is a, a proper mystery mystery with like you know everything like very self contained within this uh, group of uh, characters and everything, but something about this happening down at the uh, you know the blood lab, I think it opened it up very nicely. Like the entire mystery wasn't stuck in the house, mm-hmm. and so at this moment there's this sort of like you th- you think you've gotten used to everything you think. Either you trust Ransom or you don't trust him, but, you know, you, you think you know what his deal is. And then this thing happens that's so outside of the rest of it. It's outside of the houses, it's outside of the families, it's outside of everything. And so now it's kind of like, wait, is this something bigger or is this, you know, just a simple blackmail or was the fire set by the same person? I think that's a great little, you know, great great little push that you can get in a mystery. Oh, absolutely. Plus, it's such an escalation. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have a single murder inside of a single house, but now we're talking about arson and destruction of evidence. This yeah. is so much further beyond anything we've been dealing with up to this point in the movie. And I think Marta really hits the nail on the head where she's like, who would blow up a whole real building just to blackmail her? The concept of blackmailing somebody is swallowable enough yeah. if that's even a phrase i can use but to commit arson of a i'm assuming this is the county coroner's or a, a medical oh lab. yeah yeah it's a but government like, building that, that amplifies you know considerably yeah. the charge that's going to come your way yeah you're not breaking a window on a walmart or something like this no you're dealing with state authorities now. Marta has a very good sense. This is going to sound like an insult, but it's not. That she's not that important. Um, <laughs> that like she's like, like I'm not the main character of a mystery film. I'm just Marta. I'm just the nurse. I and, do my job. I stay quiet. Right? I, I, I did not sign up for all this. So the fact that... Because, you know, it does perfectly follow. Like, it's not like... This is like the audience is going to think, oh my gosh, what a completely wild twist that, uh, you know, it turns out it's this big conspiracy. No, I mean, they had a reason, which is that the tox report was in there, which would show that, uh, oh, sorry, I just dropped something, uh, which would show that, you know, Harlan had been poisoned. So that's a, it all does connect. But that it's just such a huge thing for her to like, wait a minute, we're doing we're doing this now. It's uh, it's a it's a great acting moment from her as well. Absolutely. So I think that's where we're going to cut it off because we got a much more exciting episode coming up next, which I am uh, very excited to get into for reasons that I, I've mentioned before. But I'll I'll leave you in suspense, audience, if you've uh, quite forgotten my personal connection to the upcoming scenes. Um, but I will say uh, thank you for joining me on this weekly journey. Uh, you mentioned a co-host before, which I believe means you have a plug. I do. Uh, my co-host, Julia, and I are the hosts of the Mad Max Minute, 
which is a podcast that since 2017 has been breaking down each of the Mad Max films one minute at a time. At this point, we've gone through all four of the regular released films. We are planning on doing the upcoming release from George Miller, but to bide our time, we've also been going over Waterworld two minutes at a time. So if you are a fan of post-apocalyptic media, you can go to madmaxminute.com and check it out. Uh, Waterworld is a movie which has an interesting reputation that uh, I don't think it quite deserves, but it sure doesn't not deserve. So (laughs) that is something I will have to check out myself. That is an accurate assessment. Absolutely. That's what that's what I thought. I'm glad I'm glad you as the expert agree. But I, I when I saw the movie, I was kind of like, it's not as bad as I was led to believe, but it's weird. <laughs> um, and it's one of my two favorite, uh, you know, mid '90s bad future movies that features a small background appearance by Jack Black. So yeah, the other one being Demolition Man. He's the guy. He's Another the guy, excellent movie. He's the guy that hands Dennis Leary the Rat Burger. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it from us. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at Knives Out Minute. Uh, do you have a, a social for your own uh, biz? Yeah. If anybody wants to uh, find me on social media, the podcast accounts are just at Mad Max Minute. My personal Twitter is at Rick Direct. I do not tweet, so if you want to see a lot of old takes and retweets and things like that, look me up. There you go. And I am, of course, Tinseltown Mayor because of my primary show, Tinseltown, the holiday movies podcast, uh, in which I review Christmas movies. And uh, quite excitingly, uh, you can also check out, like I said, Tinseltown Mayor on Twitter, where we will, f- you, if you go check me out, you'll find out if I have succeeded or failed at my summer plan of not fighting with idiots on the internet. <laughs> It's a very bad habit. I've been trying to break, and uh, you can go and uh, go stop stop over and shame me. Uh, check out check out my tweets and replies. <laughs> if you find me, uh, you know, lying down with dogs and waking up in fleas, you can give me a little kick. Uh, so that's that. Uh, oh, okay. The last thing to do is to say goodbye. So, Rick, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, well, I'll be here. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>